So last night when I was in the hotel room, I basically watched the two channels they had, which was like Baywatch reruns and Game Show Network. Imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right! Over 10,000 videos. Three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle. Fast checkout. 24-hour quick drop return. Open late every night. When you rent videos during the week, you have five more nights to catch up on all the movies you might have missed. Isn't that a nice reward for working like a dog? The last time I saw a movie for a dollar, theaters still had balconies for people to neck in. You can buy DVDs starting at $4.99 or rent from 99 cents. Right now, rent Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Cobra for just a dollar a day each. Well, the perfect video store is popping up all over the country. There's one near you. And uh, bring your own wheelbarrow. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Block Bastards. I am your host... Kent Holly with me as always is the Marvel's Captain Marvel to my faucets Hoppy the Marvel Bunny Brian Lipsitz. <laughs> my favorite thing about this show is your analogies of every week, so you, that's a good one. Okay. Uh, thank you. Well, I uh, ended up having to try to explain to someone the history of Captain Marvel versus oh, Captain Marvel. Oh and dear like lord! The three or four different Captain Marvels that Marvel has had, and so I'm I'm, I'm assuming you did mention Hoppy the the the, the bunny, and of course uh, Ta- Tawny Talky, I believe the, the tiger, <laughs> as well as Uncle Marvel and Hillbilly Marvel. <laughs> and uh, was is who 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 isn't it? Was it the uncle? Was the dumb one? Who wasn't there? Some guy that was like, isn't there like a really dumb? I, I want to say Uncle Marvel was the one that was just like a a, a sham. And he didn't actually have any powers. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Okay. <laughs> uh, excellent, excellent. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail your opening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there was a way to keep that opening from derailing, but... Brian, how have you been? I know you've had some trouble with your power lately. Yes, we had a pretty bad windstorm earlier this week where it just, like, destroyed tree limbs and branches and the power lines. We lost power for two days almost yeah almost two days fully and then right now it is currently snowing five to seven inches uh which is not supposed to stop till 10 in the morning so that's fun <laughs> no <laughs> one of those um, weather in new england but uh no other than that i can't complain i guess how are you sir well we uh, had a little bit of ice this morning and we're supposed yeah. to get snow again on sunday and yeah. <laughs> I- i've got a teacher friend and he said that there has not been a full week of school since basically Christmas wow. break. So, are you serious? That's insane. Because I was going to say, usually in the Northeast we get like slammed with winter snow weather. Obviously, winter snow, winter how snow. But um, this year, knock on wood, it's been like the like we've gotten no more. I think we had one storm where we got like ten inches, and the rest has been like three to five, one to three, like yeah. nothing like bad. So it's like I don't think they. Missed a day. Maybe they've missed one school day this whole year, like if that, which is pretty rare. Here's the weird thing about it. Basically, I don't think they really needed to call off school for many of the days, but of course, they're always worried about lawsuits now if somebody slips and falls or a kid doesn't get dressed properly by their parents. And I was just gonna say, 
Yeah, I was going to say, I was talking to a friend about something kind of like this, because, like, we grew up in the same time period. I feel like we're, like, we're that old. We're not that old. But, like, when we were kids, like, if they could call off school in the middle middle of the day. I remember, like, walking home from school, basically, one day, and my parents were at work, and I just had to wait till they came home to get in the house. Like, hmm. nowadays, it's like, oh, they're worried if they, they can't send kids home early because they have to notify the parents and how will the parents get there. They don't want to cancel school because then parents will have to make it. It's all this bullshit where it's like, when we were kids, they didn't give a shit. It was like, <laughs> fuck it. You'll find a way. Whatever. If it was snowing bad, they'd send us home. If it was, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, yeah. you know, nowadays, I feel like you said it much more bureaucracy and they have to make sure everyone doesn't get sued or get upset it's like come on yeah. much like everything else in the world right now. so the kids end up having to well the parents are having to f- figure out what to do all right. of these days to find coverage and right exactly yeah so it's just like this giant cluster is <laughs> kids it was like oh it's snowing we they, like they would go have the two-hour delay but parents don't like that now because then they have to go into work like, and then there's arguments about the school vacations, and it's just like, uh. <laughs> So anyway, we'll talk about new movies at some point, no? <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose we should. I will say the one really sad thing is I think the kids now are going to be in school until almost June Ugh. to make up for the, the snow days, so. Yeah, I have a teacher friend who said they think they're going to be going till. I mean, they usually go to, like, the middle of June, but I think they're getting out to, like, the near the end. And it's like, dude, so how is that even a summer? You've got, like, July and August. Oh, end of August, you're back in school. <laughs> yes. Like, that's, that's like a month and a half, maybe. Right? It's just like, oh, that's a great summer vacation. Can't plan anything there. So it's <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear that. All right. So I will go ahead and jump into my recommendation. Don't hesitate to ask your video retailer for suggestions. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? In addition to the movies you already know, he can recommend many lesser-known films you're bound to enjoy. They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Okay. I hope I haven't done this one before, because... I'll let you know if you did. I just finally (laughs) opened it up recently. Yeah. But One Million Years B.C.? No, not that I remember. If oh, you good. did, then we're repeat- then we've gone to a time loop, and you're hearing an old episode. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. Oops. <laughs> no, well, uh, Kino Lorber went ahead and released a Ray Harryhausen classic from Hammer Films, One Million Years B.C., starring Raquel Welch as the fur bikinied Loana, who you may remember from uh, Shawshank Redemption and the tunnel out of the prison. Uh, I'm just a big fan of this movie. I I know I did recommend another one called When Dinosaurs Walk the Earth. That's what I remember you doing, because I was going to say that that's the one. Yeah, so you didn't definitely do this one, so go ahead. But this one does have better effects because they're done by Ray Harryhausen, and it's it's probably a better movie all around, even if it's not as weird and pulpy. Mm. But one of the things I do like about this is that it, not only is it a 4K restoration of the film, but they've got the U.S. cut, which is 91 minutes, and they've also got the international cut, which is 9 minutes longer at 100 minutes. So I watched the international cut for the first time. I, It's been so long since I've seen the U.S. cut that I couldn't really tell you the differences yeah. right off the top of my head. But I just love a lot of the stuff in here. The There's just something about movies where humans and dinosaurs coexist, especially when they're stop motion, that I, I just really enjoy. It's like a 
Flintstones thing, I guess. I don't know. But I do definitely recommend this one. I, I won't go too into it because I've already talked about the cave girl cycle that Hammer did before. But right, uh, I would definitely recommend picking it up from Kino, especially if they do another sale like the one that they just finished that I'll talk about later. So Cool. Excellent. Right. Um, yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, getting into news. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. Ooh, Navy Seals! Let's go ahead and just hit the elephant in the room. The Oscars were the other night, <laughs> and already I've seen people calling Green Book the worst Best Picture winner since Crash. <laughs> I love it. And I don't. I didn't see Green Book, so I can't say. But I just think I like. I, I just. I, no matter what, if something else won't. Be, it's, I'm not saying it's a good or bad. I just think you know. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where people bitch. But go ahead. Sorry. Well, a lot of people think that it was just like a split between the favorite and Roma and maybe Black Klansman, but. Uh, a lot of people were also just glad the Bohemian Rhapsody didn't win, although it did take home some awards, uh, including did. sound editing for, you know, putting a bunch of Queen songs into a movie, <laughs> and editing, which most people say that John Ottman, who is actually a composer, yeah. who's done a lot of film scores, they say that he won that not because it was such a wonderfully edited film, but because the inside baseball talk is that the film was a complete disaster before he got a hold of it, and he made it work to yeah. the extent that it does. So, and he—he's a big guy. He was—he's a, a guy that has worked with Brian Singer pretty much for most since all the way back to the, I don't want to say the second X Men movie. So I think it, he, I, most I likely think going after, back to the first because I remember people complaining that his score wasn't very no. Nah, the first one was Michael Kamen. I oh, think okay. and that passed away. But you're 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 right. He did all the every other X Men one that Singer was involved with. But I think this is the fact that yeah, Singer obviously we talked about left the movie in, a, in pretty much a giant cluster. And I'm sure this like you, know, you said kind of helped piece it together. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I mean I don't know if you should be awarded for that, but I mean, it's one of those things you kind of have. I mean. <laughs> Olivia Coleman won for the favorite, which is nice because it's always good to see someone from Hot Fuzz get an Oscar. <laughs> uh, Rami Malek won for playing Freddie uh, Mercury because people like Freddie Mercury. I, I, honestly, I I didn't have a problem with that. I thought he was the only reason to watch that movie, and he did a fantastic job. So I mean, I don't know. I didn't have like an issue with it. If that was the only thing they're going to give Bohemian Rhapsody, like that was fine for me. Yeah. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won the also-ran for Best Animated Feature because they didn't have the balls to nominate it for Best Picture, which they should have. Well, Although Animated were... Feature, I think, was actually a better set of contenders than Best Picture. Set. You know why. You, you, I think we've covered it before. The whole reason they have that category is because the animated movies used to win, you know, were nominated for Best Picture, and they didn't like that. So <laughs> we'll, well give their own category. So. I think there's only three times that an animated film has ever been nominated for Best Picture. Beauty and the Beast was the first one in 1992? Right. 91 or 92. 92. 91 or 92, one or the other, yeah. Okay. And uh, even Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs didn't get a nomination. They just gave him a special award Oscar. So. 
But best documentary feature, Free Solo, which uh, was one of the two that most people who pay attention to documentaries had actually heard of. <laughs> um, like I said, Bohemian Rhapsody got some sound categories for yeah. whatever reason. Then Black Panther actually did win a few of them. Best original score. or awesome. Yeah. So some of the technical. Production design, ones. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, not a not a whole lot, but it's a Marvel movie that won an Oscar. So well, actually, now at it, least it it's on it's yeah. it's on slightly better footing than Suicide Squad, which also won an Oscar. <laughs> but Black Panther won three. So I was gonna say, yeah, Black Panther now has the is the most winningest comic book movie. But it's funny you've mentioned that because I completely forgot that Suicide Squad won an Oscar for makeup, and then I saw my Facebook memories, and I was remembered, and I was like, I <laughs> wanted to slam my head against the wall. <laughs> oh, it's Hot Topic Joker, you know, <laughs> Oscar-winning makeup job. I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, and lastly, Shallow from A Star Is Born won Best Original Song, and the best thing most people had to say about it was that. Lady Gaga was apparently I fucking Bradley Cooper on stage. So <laughs> every single person was just like, "You gotta be fucking." Well, he's married. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like the sexual chemistry was. Yeah, like. But I mean, I guess most people sort of feel that was the the song to win. That's that's fine. And you then Bow won best animated short because it was a Pixar short, and sure. That's, about the only reason I can think of because I didn't get it, but <laughs> so I was just like, sure. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and then finally, Spike Lee again did not win Best Director, but he was very happy that he won Best Adapted Screenplay. So happy, in fact, that he jumped into the arms of Samuel Jackson <laughs> like a crazy man. But that's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I just think it's funny that we live in a world where. One of the guys who directed Dumb and Dumber was right. Was on stage for an Oscar for Best Picture. So, well, not even yeah, not even Dumb and Dumber, but I mean, all the Farley Brother movies. There was that one that what was where Matt Damon was like uh, stuck, stuck on you, stuck on you. The one where the guy wants to fuck his sister or his cousin, or I can't remember the name of it. The <laughs> Providence Free Pro, some something like mm -hmm. weird. They've done a lot of. And it's like, yep, he aged, but it's like, hey, he got a he's up there for best picture. Well, the way I look at it, remember when one of the Zucker brothers directed Ghost? <laughs> right. <laughs> I always forget that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Well, so, oh, look at Adam McKay. I mean, there is a way for, con but I mean, the, the Farley brothers, no one I don't think ever expected to be like, they're gonna be, one of them's going to be on stage for best picture. So, just, uh, just one of those things. But um, yeah, it was. Honestly, from what I, I didn't watch the whole show, I watched parts of it. Uh, from what I heard, the no host thing actually worked in its to a disadvantage. They got yeah. the awards done quicker. There was no drowned out political speeches and stuff, so it was more of just like, okay, let's announce the awards. I mean, let's not the win announce the winners, and they actually finished fairly early as opposed to going to like one in the morning. So yeah, you most know what? people I know thought it was a really nice change, and they hope that they do it right. again in the future. So maybe there was this whole controversy, like, oh my god, how are they going to have no host? Maybe that's the answer, don't have a host. <laughs> so, you don't have to worry about that. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the Oscars. It depends on how much stock you want to put in them. I, you know, I always look back and kind of a lot of the pictures that 
one best picture i'm not a fan of it's all about personal taste and if you how much power you give the quote-unquote academy in your life so it's one of those things so but it is it is it is that so all right well now for news that does not involve hollywood patting itself on the back on national (laughs) television the new Candyman has been chosen Uh, yaya abdul mateen the second who you will probably recognize as Black Manta from Aquaman. Which he was probably one of the best parts of Aquaman. I just don't know if I want to see a new Candyman. Like, you, have you seen the original the original Candyman? I have not, but I, I knew a guy at work who was kind of obsessed with that movie. It's so. a creepy... If, 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 I don't want to say... It's, it's not like the... It was made at a time when most horror movies were the teen slashers. Or, it, it was kind of just a creepy fuck with your head, and there was a little bit of the race, the racism stuff in it. And it was actually a really good film. And then of course they made like 15 sequels that had nothing to do with it and just kind of devalued it. But this is just like, I don't know if that really needs to be redone, but I'm sure nowadays like, Oh, it's even more relevant. So and Jordan Peele's involved. So that automatically is giving it a little bit of cred, even though I don't believe he's directing it, but yeah, uh, they've said it's going to not so much be a remake as a quote unquote spiritual sequel so we'll see i don't know oh speaking of aquaman not a lot of details but they are going to make a spin-off called the trench before they even do a sequel which to me it's like why would you okay you know what i remember what i thought of aquaman you had probably the most successful dc movie since wonder Woman that people generally weren't like completely wanting to hang themselves after watching it and you're going to now do a fucking spinoff about the creatures that I don't think anyone had, like, enjoyed in the movie, but do they deserve their own movie? Why wouldn't you just go forward with a sequel that you pretty much set up? What is with DC and their inability to figure out, like, their audience and or anything? Well, we got something that worked. Let's continue. Like, yes, Wonder Woman is the only one that they're going forward with, but, like, everything else, they're just like, no, we're going to do the opposite of what we should do. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Well, it's definitely confusing, and speaking of things that are confusing, although this one's much more welcome, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is reportedly using James Gunn's script, which was a point of contention, especially with Dave Bautista, where he said if they didn't use his script, he was going to walk. So it's one of those weird things where if you're going to use his script, then why did you fire him? But right. at the same time, it's better that they're using his script than not, so... I still will wait. I guess I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I know that Chris Pratt said this, and it's true, and but I'm just still worried that they're eventually going to pull the rug out under him. Just like, I, it, I mean, it's still... There's no, there's no even production start date. It's not on the slate anywhere. Yeah. I don't know if they are just going to scrap the whole franchise because I think they're that butthurt over something that like, we've yeah. talked numerous times on the show, but we'll see. Speaking of butthurt... Uh, I really did not like the last James Bond movie very mm-hmm. much, but I agree. for Bond 25, they apparently have a possible name out there, something that's being used during filming, which is Shatterhand. What is Shatterhand? Well, that's apparently a nom de plume used by Ernst Blofeld, so we could see him return. The question is, do we want to, considering how bad Spectre was in regards to him? Do we still even have a James Bond confirmed yet, or are we still doing that dance of 
Daniel Craig will here, won't he? And we don't know. We're going to recast or. It sounded or, like he was pretty much guaranteed to be coming back for okay. one last film. Okay, so I guess if it is his last one, maybe they figure they're just going to blow the make it like a complete circle. I mean, because these actually have been the most sequential like carryover, you know, of the Bonds for the most part that I can Problems remember. They tried a little bit too hard with Spectre, and they're yes, they tried yes. to connect things that had no business being yes. connected, and it was just. A but I think that if this is his last one, then just do it, and then re- like do it like another soft reboot, like they did every other time. But I mean, yeah, I don't care either way at this point. Spectre, yeah, was pretty disappointing. It's not. The worst James, there's been much worse James Bond movies, but it's not very good. Oh, you mean like all the Roger Moore ones? You mean like a view to a kill? (laughs) 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 The single or or a death? All those, yeah. Some of the Roger Moore ones aren't bad, but when they get bad, they're very bad. (laughs) Oh, Uh, when we talk about things that will probably be bad, Mark (laughs) Webb, the director of the Amazing Spider-Man duology, is... Apparently set to direct a remake of the anime film Your Name about a girl and a boy who find themselves randomly switching bodies. It's supposed to be produced by J.J. Abrams, but I don't know. I I have yet to see something from Mark Webb that I'm particularly impressed by. Granted, I haven't seen everything he's done, but those Spider-Man movies are enough. 500 Days of Summer is the only thing he made that I liked, and I know that was his claim to fame. And then, yeah, the Spider-Man movies sort of were like... <laughs> Better than worse than Sam Raimi, I guess. Well, we can have a debate for another day, but yeah, it's not exactly. It, again, I feel like he was just a, a placeholder for Sony where they were like, you're, we're going to do this and you're just going to direct it, basically. I don't feel like he had any real. I'm not saying like good or bad, but it's not like he. It's, I don't feel like it was a personal film for either. Either of those films were a personal film for him that he cared about. You know what I mean? It was just like. Well, we gotta, we're doing what Sony wants. We can get to that Sinister Six movie, and of course that never happened. Well, yeah, maybe it's like Colin Trevorrow, because I loved Safety Not Guaranteed, but yeah. I know a lot of people really did not like Jurassic World, and Book of yeah. Henry is supposed to be a disaster. I haven't seen it, but... yeah. I mean, I really did like 500 Days of Summer. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I, I it's 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 a, it's one of those corny romantic romantic comedy, but then it's not, and it's actually a really good movie. I, I think it's one of the better movies of that genre. But yeah, of course, then he had to make the Spider-Man movies and kind of killed his momentum. So we'll see. I don't know. Okay, well, when it comes to movies that maybe nobody's really looking for. <laughs> We are getting a fourth Hotel Transylvania film, because despite the fact that each consecutive film has been less well-reviewed, and I would agree with that because each one has been weaker than the previous one, each successive film has made more money. So uh, there's the key. I was going to say there's got to be some sort of reason for it. There you go. You just yeah. nailed it. Yeah, um, I have no uh, idea if Gendy Tartakovsky is going to be coming back. He's basically the only thing holding these films together, as far as I'm concerned. You mean you don't want Adam Sandler to get another big fat paycheck to do the same <laughs> voice he makes in every other movie that he's ever in? Blah blah blah. Yeah, pretty much. I make funny noises. Um. <laughs> Turkey for you. Turkey for me. Let's eat the turkey, then I take a pee. 
<laughs> Except little Nicky, where his face was hit by a shovel, so he talked with like an even worse uh, voice for the entire movie. But that movie will never be spoken ever seen again. Because no, to be once. fair, he is right. Popeye's chicken is awesome. <laughs> I don't remember he says that line like eight times on that fucking movie. <laughs> For someone, God knows, I just remember going to my friend being like, it was at the, it was still at the height of Adam Sandler's movies. I'm like, why the fuck is he saying this line? So like, it was such a weird fucking movie. But anyways. All right. Well, we're going to round it out with some more quick sequel news. Yeah. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle 2 is being made. Could be good, hopefully. The no. David Fincher World War Z 2 is not being made. Stalking. <laughs> no, that, I mean, probably the that, best. <laughs> yeah, that plug has been pulled. The Rock's Big Trouble in Little China movie has apparently been changed from a remake to a sequel of some sort. Hmm. Absolutely no word on how it will connect. Uh, I was about to say, how do they do that? Because that's one of those like cult movies that people are going to get really upset if you try to... Yeah. Tied in, it doesn't make sense. So we'll see. Yeah, well, it's like I don't see how you could make a sequel to Buckaroo Bonsai, for example. Right, right. Like, exactly. I, obviously, they had it planned, but it's just one of those yeah. things where like everything fell together the way it did in a way that would probably be very hard to replicate. Exactly, that's a really way, good way to put it, and that, that's how I kind of feel. Big Trouble in Little China, like you mm-hmm. can't really kind of do it or do a sequel. You know, it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. But um. And finally, speaking of sequels, Will Smith, he's he's going back to Miami. No, um, he is uh, no longer going to be dead. <laughs> Welcome to Miami. No, um, he's no longer going to be dead shot. <laughs> if you haven't shut the show off by now, you know, I'm joking. Um, so, uh, but no, seriously, Suicide Squad 2, he is not returning. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter has confirmed, saying that he quote-unquote had scheduling issues with writer-director James Gunn, which I feel there's more to that story. Because <laughs> I know Will Smith, and he is very... Uh, likes certain directors and likes to be hands-on, and I have a feeling there's more to that story. So, um, the fa- And the fact that it's been an easy payday for him makes me feel that there's something more that we'll probably hear about this. But so far, we pretty much I believe that I don't know who's even. Re- re- I don't think it, it probably is going to maybe at this point an all new cast because mm-hmm. I don't know who's even coming back. I don't think yeah. is Margot Robbie even attached anymore. I don't think she is. So it's just like mm-hmm. well, and I she's the only one that I would really care about returning. Uh, obviously, true. bringing back Flag would be the yeah probably Waller, most probably, obvious like, connective tissue, but. Yeah, and have Amanda Waller, but like other than that, I mean, the good thing with Suicide Squad is you can kind of redo it and just bring in new characters that they did in the comics. But I think Will Smith, I think that they thought he was the big star that was going to bring in the big bucks. I mean, the first one did make money. It's not. I don't think anyone's going to be crying that Will Smith or Deadshot will not be in the movie. I mean, they could always recast Deadshot. It wouldn't be the first time they've done that in um, recasting a character, but we'll see. That's... Just a couple other quick things. The Bumblebee continuity has been announced by Paramount that it will officially kick off a new series of Transformers movies that ignore the continuity of the Bayformers. Yes, which is a great news to me because I was worried that it financially it didn't do amazing 
compared to the others, but critically and fan acclaim for it was so much better than any of the others. And the fact that they realized this was a smart move, they could easily just be like, oh, it didn't make money, let's just go back to the well of the shit movies. But um, this excites mm-hmm. me to hopefully make more good movies, so we'll see. Well, considering how badly the last one did compared to the first four... <laughs> True. Yeah. It, yeah, they had kind of squeezed all the lemon out of the, <laughs> the, the, the lemonade out of the lemon by that point. Lemon juice out of lemon. I don't know. Some analogies through that. Forget it. Uh, well, when life gives you lemons, just say <laughs> fuck the lemons and bail. <laughs> Which is what Disney's doing because apparently they just will not make up their mind about Deadpool. Now they're saying, oh yeah, well we could do an R-rated Deadpool. So yeah, fuck it. So I don't know. We'll they, have different news next week. Yeah, I was just going to say, basically, uh, bullshit, one of their bullshit, like, consumer, not consumer, whatever those things where they meet with the public and stuff, and they're, they're, they just sort of were like, yeah, we wouldn't change anything that's going to make us money, basically, you know, in certain terms. Like, they're definitely, if it works, we'll do it. But, again, who knows if that's going to be actually the case. They're saying that now, who knows. But there is, I guess, slight hope now of there actually being the continuation of the Deadpool movies. Although, I don't, in, in X-Force, hopefully, but who knows. We'll, we'll see. All I know is those rumors, you know, unconfirmed rumors, I will say, that the Dark Phoenix movie is fucking dog shit to the point where that, I guess there was supposed to be a new trailer released today, and people who have seen the movie have said it's god-awful to the point it's like Brett Ratner X3 awful. So oh, that's it, disappointing. And it looks kind of like X3 in the trailer. So. <laughs> well, speaking of dog shit, let's go to coming attractions. <laughs> And now, here's a preview of the action-adventure hit that grossed $45 million at the box office. Coming soon to a theater near you. Now, if I can only just find a balcony. First off, we've got a movie that posits what would the world look like if the Beatles didn't exist. Danny Boyle's Yesterday. Until a month ago, you were a complete failure. And then somehow, you became the biggest star in the world. As if by magic. So what happened? Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. Oh, I believe in yesterday. When did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George, and Ringo, the Beatles. No. Stop it. Yesterday. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, it's not Coldplay. It's not Fix You. Now, this is a movie that looks like it's further up Paul McCartney's ass than his last colonoscopy. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been a big Danny Boyle guy. I know some people love him, but... um, I, I like take- I love Train Spotting, and the second one was really good, too. He's definitely had movies that I've enjoyed, but... Hmm. Uh, 28 days later, 
Um, oh, yeah, 28 weeks later. Yeah, that wasn't actually bad. Uh, yeah, both 28 days in. Did he do... Did he? Oh, no, he didn't do the second one. He already did the first one, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I just... Because I'm one of those rare people that just does not give a shit about the Beatles, so... How dare you? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> what, what, what's wrong with you? Okay. Uh, I'm just more of a Stones guy, especially yeah. from the 60s, but... So, yeah, it's... One person remembers that the Beatles exist and becomes famous for plagiarizing their songs, basically. Yeah. Um, exciting. As you can see by the tone of my voice. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of things that we don't need, Frozen 2 is a thing. <laughs> well, you knew, I mean, let's be honest, you knew just by the fucking media frenzy and the kids loving that and Disney wasn't going to just be like, we're not going to make a second one. I'm not saying... I want to see it, but I'm just saying you knew it was coming no matter what. You know, it was just one of those. It had to be done. It's kind of like today. If Aladdin was made today, they would have made 15. Uh, those direct-to-movie ones, would, uh, direct-to-video ones would have gone in the right in the theater if it was made today. Because, like, it's just it's one of those things where they're looking at money. Yeah. So It's just with the teaser, I have no idea what this movie is about at all. They're, yeah, they're just, oh, look, it's the same people that you It's the same fun characters you remember, and they're going on a new adventure. Basically, that's all they tell you. <laughs> like, the only interesting thing here is basically Elsa doing some X-Men shit at the beginning, <laughs> where she's running across the water on little things of ice that she's making, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not coming until November, so, yeah, the, 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 the interesting part, I don't know if you read these numbers, Ken, uh, the teaser trailer was viewed 116.4 million times in 24 hours, being the most viewed animated film trailer in that time period, surpassing the record of Incredibles 2, which at that point was the one that had been the, clipped on the most, basically. So there is that frenzy, I'm telling you, of these of these frozen characters that have, like, whatever for whatever reason, that movie caught on like nothing else that they've ever done, so. Which just still confuses me, because Tangled was a better movie, but. Yeah. So, uh, it's just. Yeah. Merchandising, merchandise, no. <laughs> Spaceballs the flamethrower! <laughs> now, when it comes to flamethrowers, I think there should be a few in our next movie. Shaft! Hi, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking for... Chef? Mm-hmm. Who's asking? John Chef Jr., your son. My son? Junior? Yeah. You know, they say that cat Shaft is a bad mother... Shut your mouth. Ignore him. He thinks he's a black James Bond. That dude was real. He think he was me. If you go pursue this investigation, I'm gonna have to babysit your ass. Damn! Oh, look at here! How long has it been? Hmm, never long enough. Lady Syphilis, Madam Chlamydia, it's lovely to meet you both. That's Junior's mama. She a little bitter. Please tell me that you did not get our son involved in your bullshit. What is wrong with you? You picked up a bat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know what? No, no offense. I don't know. I don't even remember if I saw the shaft with um, Samuel Jackson because I forget when it came out, and I don't remember I if did. I saw it. Christian Bale was the bad guy because he wasn't famous yet. 
<laughs> okay, I definitely didn't see it. It was 2000, you're right. I remember it being, this is how I remember the, that movie poster. It was on the back of comic books I was buying at the time. So that's as much as like, oh yeah, it had Vanessa Williams in it, you're right, and Busta Rhymes, and yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I do vaguely remember it. But um, yeah, of course, this is the newest, uh, oh, and it also had Commissioner Gordon from the Tim Burton movies as like the judge. That's the only thing I remember about it. <laughs> but, uh, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so now they're going to do a, no, a new one where his son and uh, comes in, and it's basically a sequel to that and to the original Shaft with Richard Roundtree once again playing yeah. the what is he the uncle or the yeah, whatever he was uh, the he was the Samuel Jackson Shaft's uncle. Right, so he would. I don't know what he makes that. For a new kid. I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. My brain's not working. But anyways, it's just. The trailer just looks, uh, it's whatever. If it wasn't to... coming from Tim's story, I think I would be more Yeah, a.k.a. the man who did two really, really mediocre Fantastic Four movies, but not as bad as the, the other Fantastic Four movie that was made. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I will admit, there are a couple of bits in the trailer that I was grinning about, mostly involving Richard Roundtree. So. Oh, I didn't realize so the new Shaft guy is from Independence Day Resurgence. I knew he was he he's he's um Usher's son, I believe. But I had seen I remember he had I had seen him and then I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, um yeah, it it is whatever. It's it's um it's Shaft. You know, they use the music and everything. I am um, right. But this time it's distributed by I believe um Warner Brothers, where I think the first two were not Warner Brothers pictures. I want to say no. at least the second one was MGM, I think. Yeah, or Paramount, one of those. Paramount, yeah, definitely maybe Paramount. Yeah. yeah, so, um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm not, like, excited for this, but, you know, I don't know. It was made on a pretty small budget, so I don't think it, it's, like, a $30 million budget, which nowadays, compared to the the first one, which had a $50 million budget, and that was in 2000, so, yeah. um, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It'll probably make money at that rate, so. Yeah, so. All right, and then lastly. Yes. Just, yeah, sometimes you see things, although rarely on this scale, where you see something, you wonder about each and every decision that was involved in making it. And I mean every decision. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Huxtable, serial rapist. We didn't come out here to talk now, did we, Lord? No, boss, we did not. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But you, my dear, are in hell. And it's spelled... To be clear, if they just they don't get sued, it's spelled uh, H-U-C-K instead of H-U-X like it was in the Cosby show. So. <laughs> so every once in a while we have to throw in one of these trailers for a movie that you will never see. <laughs> I was just going to say, I would have never found it if you didn't say Just it, because so. you come across it and uh, it is the weirdest shit I have. I don't know even no words. It's just like, well, some <laughs> let's capitalize on Bill 
Cosby. It's like Eddie Murphy's Bill Cosby impression, but made to uh, cash in on his crimes. It's right. And like, for some reason, he's like, dealing with a redneck, like in Pulp Fiction, and yeah, they're raping women. And, and it's just like, so someone decided, let's make some monetary money, uh, monetary money, wow, that was a good one, make some money off um, a crime of a guy raping women, and let's you kind of make a joke, but I don't know what the target audience for this is, why it was even made, like you said, I, I don't know. It's and here's of, the scary thing, I don't know how much of it is a joke, and how much yeah. of it is supposed to be commentary, or... Right, or if it, yeah, exactly, if it... This is just one of the weirdest trailers I have seen in a really, really long it, time. It does really look like a fucking weird just thing. I don't, I don't know. I and guess this that is probably had... also the most press that it has gotten. So, <laughs> so if you never ever hear this about this movie or ever see it ever come out, you'll know why. Not sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just. It's yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things. Probably shouldn't have been made. Probably shouldn't have even thought about. But it's one of those things. So I don't know. But yeah, I think that does it for the news. Yep. Do you want to go ahead and hit the new release wall there, Brian? Sure. So do you have any new movies in? Ask your video dealer about these hit titles. First, I'm going to quickly give you some new release uh, news about Blu-rays coming out in the future, and then I'm going to run down the weeks, uh, the weeks, the months uh, releases. But so announced today, or I think yesterday maybe, Fox is did press release of doing a 40th anniversary 4K Blu-ray of the original Alien, and I just think I, I only noted this because I love the way they describe this. The only new thing on the disc besides being 4K is the description of the 4K restoration, right? It's just the most absurd, long description of a 4K. They could have just said, like, brand new 4K restoration. They say, brand new 4K restoration of this film, completed in 2018 by 20th Century Fox at Company 3 Deluxe Entertainment Services Corporation, supervised by Ridley Scott and Pan Jerry with the 4K scan design e-film. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> We're really so padding like, out that press release, aren't you? Right? We're just like, and then the rest of it, it's like, well, and everything else is the regular other special features that you've had before. So it's just like, they, it's just like they went super descriptive. And I mean, they're doing a steel book and everything, but it's just, it's, well, it's if you, just if funny. If you've gotten the Alien Quadrology Blu-ray set before, I don't think you really need, I, I don't know that yeah. there could be much more, but. I mean, I know, yeah, I was going to say, what else could they put on for special features? So this is definitely for those hardcore fans of the movie Alien who want it in a great scan, and I just love how just descriptive that was. That was the only reason I notated it, because I was like, it's just hilarious how detailed they, they had to describe that. They couldn't have just been like, new 4K scan, supervised by Ridley Scott. But also announced uh, a day ago was uh, that Glass, that famous movie that we talked about a couple weeks ago on Out of the Dam, is coming out uh, April 16th on Blu-ray and 4K. A movie that I don't know if you've ever seen, Ken, but it's one of John Carpenter's worst movies, I would say, if not his worst, and that's Ghosts of Mars is finally getting a Blu-ray release in May, on uh, May 14th by Mill Creek, which, I mean, for people who are John Carpenter completists, I'm sure will be happy, but that movie is... I've tried to watch it a couple of times. I can't make it through. Okay, I thought you were going to say The Ward. No, but... Okay, second or now? I don't know. It's got Natasha Henstridge and fucking 
I want to say Buster Rhymes, but I don't know if it is. Like, it's just, and it's just on. No, Ice Cube, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it was like a bunch of them, and it's on Mars, and it just never really gets off where, it, it never really, it's a weird way to put it, it never really goes where it's supposed to go, and it's just this long, slogging movie. And it was his last big movie, a theatrically released movie. I think it came out in like 2000. I just remember, I wanted to see it in the theater because it was John Carpenter, and then being like, Oh, and then I remember rewatching it, and it's just, this isn't very good. So, yeah, from but what I understand, those... it's one of those movies that uh, the studio kind of cut his budget in the middle of yeah. it, which seemed to happen to him a decent amount. Yeah, this was going to say it's I, again. Who knows what it would have been like if he actually kind of got you know? It, it's a very studio mandated kind of movie, and it feels very that way. But it's worth a watch if you're a John Carpenter person fan person um and la- and uh lastly we've got some news about so sony is releasing some catalog titles which sometimes tend to be a little on the expensive side but i actually like that they actually they actually press their blu-rays as opposed to just dv or like a, a, a like a burned blu-ray or whatever it's an actual pressing because so they have, have done more. some on-demand stuff before so yeah exactly so they're doing two. Um, they're doing two. Bill. Bill Murray. Wow, my brain's fucked. Excuse me. You can edit that. Uh, two Michael Keaton movies. One is The Squeeze, which I believe he didn't even want to ever talk about because it, it was pretty much a box office bomb. It came out in nineteen eighty seven. No one really ever talks about it. But that is a movie. It also probably one that I will be picking up, and that's Multiplicity, which has never been released on DVD, with the exception of a pan and scan version. Do you know how annoying it is to watch a pan and scan DVD? <laughs> no joke, because it's like I love—I really like that movie, and I've tried to rewatch the DVD I have, and it's pan and scan, and I can't, I can't. So the fact that it's getting a Blu-ray release, this will be even better. It could have just been a regular DVD, and I would have been happy. So, and finally, the Warner Archive March releases, which is first, the Glass Bottom Boat is being released which is um, a pretty, I think, I don't know how famous it is, but it's a pretty pretty old movie. Also, they're doing Cleopatra Jones, hmm. which I think, there's actually been a lot of demand for that movie, surprisingly. Yeah. And finally, uh, the TV movie starring Patrick Duffy called Man from Atlantis. So those are the March releases for Warner Archive. Well, now I'm going to go into actually like the week by week quickly of what's coming out this month. Now, uh, so, uh, that is the uh, movie that Patrick Duffy made before he became Scuzzlebutt's leg, right? Yes, yes. It was like his first, I think, major thing, pretty sure. Um, I'm curious yes. how many people would actually get that first season South Park reference. but. <laughs> You mean before Dallas and before uh, Step by Step and Objects. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so as far as regular Blu-ray releases for the... I'm going through, of course, just the big releases this month. Uh, coming up starting March 5th, we've got Oscar nominee and uh, winner of a couple of awards, The Favorite. Um, we've got Creed 2 coming out in 4K, Blu-ray, Steelbook, Creed 2 is a good movie. Krypton, the complete first season, which I expected to be horrible, but I actually heard good things about, but it still scares me because David Goyer. That awful, supposedly awful movie, Vox Lux, is coming out from Scream, I mean, yeah, from Scream Factory, we've got the Craft Collectors Edition, the Deadly Mantis, which we've talked about before in here, and... California with a K, which is uh, one of those movies that I've never seen, but I always remember seeing the title or a picture. Yeah, that's a Brad Pitt one, right? 
Yeah, with that, always, that poster that I always see and I just never seen it. That Shout Select is putting out on March 5th. So then March 12th, we've got the Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald, which, whatever, we've said enough about that movie. <laughs> the best picture of the year, of uh, last year, Green Book. The Giant Bomb uh, Mortal Engines. Um, the next wave of those retro VHSs. Uh, retro VHS Blu-ray slipcovers, which is Sheena, Neighbors, Songwriter, and Legend of Billie Jean. And um, that takes us to March 19th, which really has nothing except of a huge release of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse on 4K, Blu-ray, and Steelbook, and of course Mary Poppins Returns, same 4K, Steelbook, and Blu-ray. Those big releases from Sony and Disney, but the rest of March 19th seems to be kind of dead. Finally, to round out the month, March 26th, we have Aquaman. You can say some people really liked it, so if I have a feeling it might do pretty well on uh, Blu-ray. Um, also, another Oscar nominee, If Beale Street Could Talk. Perfect Blue, that fucked up anime, is getting a Blu-ray release from Shout Factory. <laughs> Uh, as I already mentioned, Multiplicity, The Squeeze, coming out. The Street Fighter Collection from Shout Factory is coming out, which you mentioned before, Ken. Um, yeah, I'm still waiting to find out if they've got the original language tracks on those. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. You, th- I'm thinking they're probably going to release in the next week or two the actual like breakdown, because they usually do it within the month it's released. Um, also... You probably know more about this than me because you you know your classics. A lot of these are being released for the first time. The Body Snatcher with from uh, the Bela Lugosi Boris Karloff movie from the nineteen forties or fifties, I believe, is coming out. Which I guess is a I don't know if it's a famous movie or not. But um, this is the one I was going to ask you about, Kent uh, from Kino Lar- uh, Larbo. They're printing out. Road to Morocco, Road to Zanzibar, Road to Utopia, and Road to Singapore, which are all those Bing Crosby, Bob Hope movies. Oh, we're off on the road to Morocco. So yay or nay on those, and any explanation of what they are, because I've never seen them, but I've always heard about, like, I take don't they take place during, like, the war time, or is that... Well, it's basically Bing Crosby and Bob Hope going off on adventures, and they meet <laughs> Dorothy L'Amour, and... And they every make one fourth, of them They <laughs> make fourth wall breaks and sing oh, songs. Oh, gotcha. And, like, none of them are particularly deep or meaningful or even right. have plots per se, but... <laughs> Apparently popular enough to get a, a, a four Blu-ray releases, but um, mm-hmm. also rounding out that week is pet, the original Pet Cemetery, which scared the shit out of me as a kid, but looking back, it's kind of like, eh. Another release from Kino Larbo, which is Tarnished Angels, which is that Rock Hudson, Robert Stack movie. And finally, something that I'm actually kind of interested in, I didn't know it existed, and that's Life After Flash, which is the Sam Jones documentary about his career before, during, and after Flash Gordon with interviews from all the people involved. Actually, could be kind of interesting. I don't know if it's like a must-buy, but I kind of want to check it out. So that that's, that's, I think, it for the new release wall. Well, have you picked anything up in the last few weeks? Yeah, so for... Uh, I remember the last time we did this, I'm like, yeah, I bought so much stuff, I shouldn't buy anything more. So then Scream, uh, Shot Factory had another sale. <laughs> so I picked up, they had some really good stuff. So I picked up Ninja 3, The Domination, <laughs> which I talk about a little bit in a little bit. Um, I picked up uh, Valentine, which is actually a pretty pretty good slasher flick from 2000. Um, I picked up Dreamscape, which I've never seen, but I always heard good things about 
And I picked up this one, which I don't know if I should have, but I did it because it was like ten. It was like eleven dollars, and that's the Robert Englund version of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> because I've always remember as working in the video store, seeing that poster where it just looks like Freddy dressed up like the Phantom of the Opera with the same makeup. And it was like, he was Freddy before, but now he's the Phantom of the Opera. And I'm just like, you know what? I need to check this because I don't know if it's going to be completely awful or completely good. I don't think it's going to be good. And finally, I picked up Stay Tuned, which is a classic John Ritter movie. It didn't really do well, but it was a pretty good um, movie from my childhood that they put on a Blu-ray. And two unrelated things that we're not really going to talk about because we don't really cover wrestling here, but I picked up two really cheap wrestling releases, unreleased matches of the Macho Man Randy Savage and unreleased matches of the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. Basically because, just to quickly explain, because people are probably like, well, there's a WWE network. Why do you have to buy DVDs of wrestling again? So the only way now that WWE can make money on DVDs because all their pay-per-views and shows are on the network at, at uh, streaming anytime is um, putting out what they call unreleased matches where a lot of matches that were Never, ever released in any form. They were, like, done at, like, quote-unquote house shows, which are shows that aren't televised where the fans just go and a live event, basically, or stuff that just was taped for some stuff that never happened. So just stuff that, basically, the hardcore fans would want to see because it's never been released before. So they were actually – they've been out for, I think, a year, but they were super cheap on Amazon, so I grabbed them. So what about you, Ken? Oh, I got so much stuff this time. (laughs) That's good, then, because I didn't have much. (laughs) Yeah, well, there were a couple of big sales going on. I, I've got a multi-region player, so oh. 101 Films from over in the UK had a sale where nice. a lot of their stuff translated to being about six, seven bucks. Oh shit! So I got Into the Night, which is John. A lot of people kind of call it John Landis's After Hours, so okay. because it's sort of a similar premise, except it's Jeff Goldblum and it takes place in LA. Okay. Uh, got. Some old timey sci fi flicks like Alligator People and The Land Unknown, It the Terror from Beyond Space. I got some cheesy action stuff. Got Rage of Honor, Missing in Action, Pray for Death. Yes. <laughs> uh, I got Amazon Women on the Moon because I love Henry Silva's Bullshit or Not. <laughs> <laughs> I love Vincent Price, so I got the Dr. Goldfoot collection with Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine and Dr. Goldfoot's uh, and the Girl Bombs, as well as the Lou Ferrigno collection with Hercules, Hercules 2, and Sinbad of the Seven Seas. That's awesome. I'm jealous. I, dude, that, I think, is it one of, one of Hercules on the Moon? That's the one I've seen on TV, and it's fucking amazingly awful, but it's awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to see him throw a bear into outer space. But, uh, also, Kino Lorber had a sale going on, so I got Clambake, Broken Arrow, War Gods of the Deep, which is another Vincent Price movie. Their Deep Rising release and a movie from last year called Let the Corpses Tan, which is supposed to be like a spaghetti western uh, influenced pastiche. Uh, I also got You Might Be the Killer, Overlord, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I got the Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter Blu ray that we talked about yep. uh, last time from Twilight Time. And don't tell anybody, because apparently it's not supposed to be out yet, but I got my copy of The Legend of Billie Jean, so... Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, then. They're just like, 
Well, what's up? Fuck, fuck street dates. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Because it's like almost a good... Almost a full week ahead, almost a full week ahead of time. No more than that. I got it like almost. a week ago. So the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. So heading over to the return slot. I have to return some videotapes. What have you watched over the last few weeks? Well then. Not so much. Uh, I feel like I do this every time, and I'm like, I'm going to watch more stuff. So I did watch Ninja 3, The Domination, which I had always heard about, and I believe you talked about briefly on the show before. And I only, of course, seen clips of it from that famous canon documentary. But, dear Lord, this movie is fantastically, amazingly just great. Because it's, like, part supposed to be a sequel to the first two Ninja movies, but also randomly puts the hero of those movies in the movie for like 10 minutes and also takes a female that eventually went to be – the actress went to be in Breakin' and Breakin' 2 um, as this like random like flash dance aerobics instructor who gets possessed by the evil ninja and then she goes on a ninja killing spree – I mean a police killing spree – and her boyfriend, the police, one of the police guys, is the hairiest person I've ever seen on film. I think. Oh like, yeah. puts Robin Williams to shame. And every time, he, anytime he takes his shirt off, it's just like whoosh. It's like the fucking werewolf. Um, and this is coming from someone who has not. I'm not like uh, I have some hair, so I'm not like making fun. But it's pretty bad. But yeah, it's just a crazy ass movie. And it's one of those few canon films where you could tell they were still making buttloads of money so they actually put like a little bit of production to into it and some of the fight scenes are pretty fun and um the music's pretty funny and uh yeah it's it's a fun bad movie so um it was enjoyable and actually it's filled quite a bunch of special features because this is the i believe they released it something it was it had a regular release this is the shop factory release so this one has like interview with the main actress interview with the the Harry, uh, <laughs> boyfriend, and um, the stunt supervisor. So it's got some uh, good special. I don't know if it's the audio commentary yet, but got some good special features. Um, so I watched that. Other than that, I've been watching a lot of stuff on the DC streaming service. I've been watching their Doom Patrol TV show, which is actually surprisingly pretty good. There's only two episodes released so far, but surprisingly, it's 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 really good. But yeah, um, I haven't watched much in the ways of movies. I've just been trying to catch up on shit with TV shows and wrestling. So it just and power being out for two days didn't help. And so yeah, I, I have not watched much. I saw some theatrical stuff, theatrical April cover on Isle of the Dam. But what about you, Ken? Well, <laughs> I, I saw quite a bit, but I'm going to jump around yeah. here and there because I already spoke about one million years BC and some other things we brought up on mm -hmm. Isle of the Damned. I watched Big Jake, which was one of my Christmas presents from my brother's family this year. I'm, I've got a weird thing about the late John Wayne movies because some of them are good, but a lot of them are just sort of strange in that they're trying to cash in on his persona. But I'll tell you one thing, his kid couldn't really act. <laughs> But he's in a lot of John Wayne movies, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's fun. Um, a better Western, I rewatched Fistful of Dollars. That movie is just great. Uh, 
I would definitely recommend picking up the trilogy of that. I thing is, they've re-released them so many times, I couldn't tell you which version to get. One of them that I picked up during the last Bards and Noble Criterion sale was a Walter Matthau film called Hopscotch, which I enjoyed mm -hmm. quite a bit. It's basically about a CIA guy who just gets sick of the bullshit and decides he's going to write his memoirs and starts sending them out to publishing companies and all of the world's intelligence agencies one chapter at a time while outrunning the CIA. And because uh, he's just smarter than all of them. So <laughs> if you like Walter Matthau, it's definitely a good movie to check out. Uh, not a good movie to check out. Brian, there was a night over the last few weeks, like, my new job is very tiring, physically exhausting, so at one point I came home and I said, I just want to watch something dumb. I don't want to have to think. I knew that it was going to be dumb, but I was still not prepared for just how bad Silent Rage is. Oh, my Lord. That was actually on my watch list to watch, and I did not watch it yet. So, Oh, so. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. Uh, Chuck Norris plays <laughs> a precursor to Walker, Texas Ranger, who ends up fighting a Wolverine-style... I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. He's basically this guy who just snaps and starts killing people, and then these local scientists perform experiments on him, which not only bring him back to life, but give him Wolverine-style healing abilities, <laughs> at which point he escapes and starts killing people again, and Chuck has to face him down, and the last fight that it's all been leading up to is basically Chuck throwing him, and he, he'll punch Chuck, and then Chuck will kick him in the face, and then he'll throw him again. And this goes on for about five minutes until Chuck pushes him down a well. <laughs> At which point he tells the love interest, who he has no chemistry with, it's over, let's go home. Because the sheriff of a small town does not have to do paperwork <laughs> when he pushes a serial killer, an invincible serial killer, down a well. So, well. it is just, it was fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even in the fun Ninja 3 kind of way. It was just bad. So what you're saying is I should totally watch <laughs> I do. I want to hear you tell me. I want to see how many ways you can say that it's bad. So. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. A movie that I've been meaning to watch for quite a while because my mom really liked it and I just hadn't gotten around to it. Frequency. Oh, okay. I've never seen it, but I've actually heard good things about it. Yeah, from the year 2000. It's a time travel movie, except that nobody actually travels through time. It's a man talks to his father 30 years ago in the past on the same shortwave because of the Aurora Borealis, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but at least it makes more sense than, you know, somebody traveling through time physically. So it's one of those things where 
you just kind of have to get caught up in the story because if you stop to think about the actual breakdown of how the space-time continuum is working, I just don't think that it really makes a lot of sense. But, mm. uh, especially towards the end. But basically, a police officer saves his father 30 years ago from dying in a fire. Mm-hmm. Which in turn causes a serial killer to not die as well. And so now he has to help his dad stop a serial killer from 30 years in the future. And some of the stuff's pretty clever about it. Like in terms of how he finds the evidence after the fact and is putting everything together while trying to tell his dad what to do. While his dad's getting in trouble for being in the wrong places and... But, yeah, I don't know if I liked as much. I can understand why they turned it into a TV show, though. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, was, was, I was going to add it, like, wasn't there a TV show based on that? <laughs> I want to say it was just on, like, in the last couple of years. And it, yeah, in the last I was going to say, I, I feel like you're right. Like, I think it was, like, a recent thing where it's like, well, here's this movie from 2000 that we're going to try to cash in on because... Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, you're right, it was 2016, 2017, well, it was on the CW, that ex- that, that explains uh, it, it uh, lasted exactly three months on TV. Honest, <laughs> that's a show that should have been on CBS. Yeah, it lasted one season, 13 episodes. Alright, I saw The Thing from Another World, which yeah. is the Christian Nyby classic that some people believe was directed by Howard Hawks but 50s sci-fi, based on the same story that John Carpenter's film was, except changed quite a bit because of the limitations of the era. And I won't say it's better than John Carpenter's film, because John Carpenter's film is my favorite horror film, and Mm. uh, just an absolute top-to-bottom masterpiece. But Thing from Another World, also great. Uh, I checked out the Warner Archive Blu-ray, Considering some of the movies I've seen from War Archive, the picture is a little bit disappointing, but understanding that apparently it's not, like, the source materials are just in terrible, terrible shape, and they had to go out of their way to even find some of the footage, mm. I'm, I'll take it. Yeah. So, last thing I'm going to focus on, controversial opinion, Brian, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll hear your take here. Last Action Hero is not a bad movie. No, I, I actually think it was ahead of its time in the fact that, and I again, I haven't seen it in a couple of years. I have the the same thing you're reviewing, but I just haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen it probably you know ten years or so. But from what I remember, it was pretty ahead of its time in the sense of like the meta commentary and. Yeah, I'm not it, saying it's a great movie, but it's fun, and you're right, it is no, ahead no, of its no, time. No. Without it, I don't think we'd have better movies like Final Girls. Right, like, and it's it's sort of the, your dream. You and I, we grew up in the in the era where like Stallone and Arnold were the giant action heroes, and so like obviously as a kid, you'd be like, dude, that'd be the best thing to get pulled into a movie, and you get to hang, you get to fight, hang out with Arnold while he fights bad guys. As in a certain sense, it makes complete sense, and it kind of winks at itself and in Arnold's career. And I, I think it's, it's you know, you said it's not a great movie, but it's actually a really decent movie that doesn't probably get enough. Yeah. It's not, it's got some big problems. I'll be completely <laughs> honest there, but 
I don't think it really deserved any kind of the critical drubbing or to become yeah. the cultural punching bag that it became. Right. I think there's enough going for it and enough ideas on display that it really should have gotten more respect at the time. Yeah. So I, I agree. I agree. I, I think it was one of those things that it was so merchandised because, like, you know, they, yeah. they had the action figures, and, and I think a lot of people just saw it as, like, oh, this is just another giant toy cash-in for Arnold, and, like, a kid is, like, closest he's going to make making a kid's movie, and he was still the biggest star. Yeah, that well, star. That apparently they did not see Jingle all the way. So. <laughs> the all-time Hollywood classic. <laughs> That movie would not exist nowadays because there'd be no reason for him to search for an action figure. He would just go on Amazon for it. <laughs> Sorry. So I got to go on eBay. Yeah, what is this? Exorbitant amount of money. Find out how to bid. What is bidding? I don't know. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> how am I going to get Jamie this Tobleman doll? <laughs> Alright, we're just going to degenerate into Arnold for the rest of the show. <laughs> uh... But, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I have to, I'm going to give it another watch because I actually haven't seen it, like I said, in about 10 years. So I'm curious to how it holds up because I've heard the same thing from a lot of people. That, you know, it's not as bad as it got, like you said, kind of destroyed by the critics and, you know, pretty much everyone to the point where it was kind of like not talked about for years and years. And even now, it doesn't really have I a. That is a joke. It's, yeah. It's the also ran to Jurassic Park. That right. was supposed to be just as big or bigger. Right. And it was just a too ahead of its time. Like I said, I don't think people got that whole... You know, the movie critics back then, they probably were just like, what is this? I don't understand. Well, Why is it poking fun at its own... Yeah, well, and that's where it, it just kind of hits the wall because it's ahead of its time. And right. there's some great ideas. A lot of it actually does work. But there's also some things they hadn't really figured out yet. And... Not, and that's where it kind of falls apart in some places, and that's why the whole thing doesn't work, because they they were trying to do some things that most people had not even really considered doing before, so the template was not established, and people hadn't really learned how to do that whole over-the-top meta thing at that right. point, I think. Because right. the closest you had was the Zucker Brothers movies, and that's a different kind of yes. parody. Yes, yes. That was, yeah, like Airplane, or, yeah, that, those were a lot more accepted, kind of like, oh, well, this is a blatant comedy, so we can just kind of slap, because there was the slapstick stuff in there, and, like, it wasn't, it, we didn't have to, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's a different kind of parody, or satire, if you will. Uh, All right, well, we've probably walked, talked about Last Action Hero more than most people <laughs> have thought about it in the last 20 years, so... Why don't we go ahead and wrap things up. You can find us on Facebook at Isle of the Damned or on Twitter at Isle of the Damned. No ED. Just leave that off. Nobody wants ED. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Instagram. I am Kent Ramone. He is Xander Harris. 2981. 2981. That's <laughs> his birthday and Exactly. He just You're had his birthday this month, and you should wish him a happy birthday. Yay. If you have not already done so, you thoughtless bastards. <laughs> you can follow me my artwork at TNT Studios. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to put things up, but it'd be nice if you subscribed. 
<laughs> Please. All right. We'll see you next week for a brand new Isle of the Damned. I know we'll be talking about Alita Battle Angel and fighting with my family. Hopefully, yep. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And, boy, can't wait. Cool. Catch you then and watch some flicks. Remember, great entertainment awaits you. Weekends and weekdays. I did watch Ninja 3 The Domination on Sunday, but I think you've already covered that on the show. So I don't know. Yeah, but so. you can talk about how awesome it is. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty freaking awesome. <laughs>